Hello listeners, I'm comedian Akinoma Bittern. I'm Professor Dan Cable. And welcome to Squeezing the Orange of Social Science. What have we got? What have we got for people, Dan? We got a new Squeezing podcast. Squeezing the Orange, man. Um, here's what I think the crisis is. The crisis is that we social scientists spend so much time like chasing down these little ideas that we might have about human decision making or like little behaviors that humans do, little quirks. We study those and we get really interested and we'll spend a year, sometimes two years, just studying the heck out of that idea and gathering data on it. And then another year, maybe writing up that data and getting it published in one of these great scientific journals. And then not really anybody's reading those. You know, a couple of scientists who study the same topic might read it. But I think that part of what I'm bothered by and why I'm interested in making this podcast is a lot of that stuff's actually pretty interesting. I don't know. What, what's been your response to this? Well, it's very interesting and it's also immediately lost as well through the process that you talk about. So I was introduced to these, these studies by yourself. So once we had this idea of realizing that there's lots of gems in this academic literature, which people aren't they don't necessarily have access to and even if you had access to it you wouldn't want to sit down and read it because it's voluminous it's dense and it's science written for scientists so we thought wouldn't it be great if we took some time to read through what we believe are interesting studies and we we take the gems out of that we squeeze the orange so that we can provide the listener with just the juice that's it that's it. The sweet, sweet nectar. Like in this one study I'm remembering that we're going to cover in these um, set of episodes that we'll launch. There's a study about is it better to hide information about yourself or just go ahead and lay it on the line if maybe it's not something that you think would be good to put out there. And so what they study is mostly in a dating context. What people respond to is it is it they respond to a lack of information and then they think a lot worse of you because they wonder, well, I wonder what's really happened there. Or if you just go ahead and tell them, here's something that happened to me. Do they excuse that behavior? And I just think it's a really clever set of studies looking at how with online dating, there are many opportunities to divulge details or to withhold them. And so I can remember reading that as a really cool study and thinking, Real people out in the world could use this science. They need. They need this, to know they these need answers. It because it's, it's decisions that we're making on a daily basis. So even if you just talk like the way that we re, with the way that we relate and communicate with one another, we're continuously making decisions on the spot. And with a little bit more information, we could make much better decisions. And we've, we've got probably upwards of 10 sessions in which we've looked at individual studies and we've then had conversations about them. So what we'd love to do is present those conversations to listeners. So hopefully they can, I guess, enjoy some of that, some of that sweet, sweet orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to say sweet, sweet orange juice. <laughs> well, I without, practiced, yeah, I practiced you've... <laughs> all night last night. I feel like I got it. But you know, so- I feel like there's this thing that's happened to me before, and maybe you too, where I'll be waiting for somebody to meet me at the pub and I'll be there first. And uh, you could call it eavesdropping or learning, but the people next to me will just be talking about Wait, something. Wait, hold on a second, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> you could call it eavesdropping or learning. Wait, is that when you're trying to defend oh, yourself? Here. It's like, hey, guys. <laughs> I was merely learning. That's like a peeping Tom saying, oh, I was only educating myself on the female form. It's like, no, what you were doing was... Okay, sorry, Dan. I'm getting getting worked up already. 
I feel like if we did our job really well here, we would just be having a fun chat about the findings of the article and what makes it such a cool article. And the people who were listening to this podcast would just be kind of like overhearing that and being like, well, those two are reasonably interesting. And I think they actually read the thing, which I will never do. <laughs> and so you put that together and maybe we hope that they can learn something cool that might even be true about the human psyche. And there's, there's loads of, like I said, we've, we've, we've probably got somewhere in excess of 10 of these conversations to, to put out. And so for, I guess to give more of a, uh, a taste uh, to give more of a taste. Uh, so one of the first ones which we're going to put out is all about gratitude. And I guess in summary, the idea that by expressing gratitude to someone, they benefit from it psychologically and physio- physiologically as well. But also that benefit is for the the giver of gratitude as well. So there's ideas around that in terms of gratitude, but asking the question, despite it being, I guess, socially like it's a nice thing to do why is it that we aren't doing it more uh so we 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 delve into that topic as well and we have a lot of fun discussing gratitude we also have another another episode regarding nasa so those of you who are conspiracy theorists buffs out there as well uh, we are going to be talking about nasa putting a man on the moon but not the conspiracy side of it uh relax uh, but more talking about this idea of of kennedy's ability as a leader to inspire thousands of people towards a task which when you just think about it in the 1960s it had not been done. So by all intents and purposes, you're talking about inspiring a bunch of people to do the impossible. That's right. I think it's really, really cool. And the the idea of humans having to make different decisions based on information, something you said a little while ago, I think that that's some of the value. Like maybe it's reasonably interesting and maybe even kind of funny at times. But at the root of this, the squeezing the orange is about delivering some valid ideas about human beings and some interesting counterintuitive findings. A lot of times the research questions that they ask, you could really see it going either way. Like I can remember this one study that we'll talk about where if you had to sing a bit of karaoke in front of some people that you've never met before and you started to feel that stress, how you think about that stress makes a huge difference in terms of how well you sing. So you can think about it as excitement. These feelings I have coursing through my body, oh, I'm just excited. Or I could interpret that as anxiety. I'm actually feeling anxious. And we'll go through how interesting it is that you've got some control over how you interpret the same feelings and how you interpret it makes a big difference in how well you sing or your maths ability or even um, your ability to give a speech publicly. Uh, well, speaking of public speaking, we both do a fair bit of public speaking as well in very different capacities. So um, you, I guess uh, I, I know a fair bit about you, Dan. Uh, but yeah, you can school the listeners yeah. a bit. So in, in what in what capacity? Does your public speaking present itself? Well, it's funny. Um, I actually read that study, the one that we'll talk about. It's Alison Woods Brooks, and she's at Harvard University. I happened to read that article the week that I had to go up to Iceland and I was going to give a big talk at Reykjavik. Loads and loads of people, including the prime minister, were going to be there, and it was a pretty big deal for me. Um, 
And I was just starting to dig into my meal. I thought I was going to get to eat with everybody. And then all of a sudden, I was tapped on the shoulder and said, you're on. And I can remember standing in front of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, not quite being mentally there. And what I was going to talk about, funnily enough, was this idea about discovering your potential and getting the most out of yourself. But all of a sudden, my hands were really sweaty. And my, I don't know if you know that thing when your throat gets quite dry. And I actually thought back to that article and I told the person who's leading me to the stage, I feel really excited about this. I tried to use the cues that I read, just read, read about that week. And as near as I can tell, it worked. I think I was able to channel that feeling of stress into a feeling of excitement to deliver my best um, speech to these folks. So a lot of what I do is give talks about the science, but I'm also sort of a firsthand scientist, meaning I come up with certain ideas and then like my colleagues at the London Business School, I go out and I gather data on that to subject the ideas to the science. And um, I feel like that's where some of the real pool or even passion um, come in for this podcast for me. I, I, I guess I get real frustrated by how much good science is out there, but it just lays in the journals, it lays in the bookshelves, it lays online, but it's not available to be used by real people. Yeah, so you, you're talking about where it lives. I, I get that frustration. I really get that frustration because I guess partly where it lives is within the self-help kind of culture as well, where there's a lot of seminars, books, and there's an ability there to kind of like pick and choose from science and then you can kind of like create uh, an image uh, it also lives in a lot of websites as you mentioned it's online but some of those websites are amazing websites however from my experience they seem to be business content for business people or they seem to be science content for scientists so what they've done is they've gone out and they've asked the general public what they think or feel or how they would respond or react. They've put the general public through these studies, yet the findings then seem to be held within an exclusive group of people. So it's like the public then give, but then aren't necessarily receiving back. Or, or sometimes you might get like a fiver or a tenner kind of thrown your way for one of these, uh, for, for being a participant in it. But you might not necessarily get the... The, the paper. I imagine also as well, considering how some of these are written, if I had indulged in a or engaged in a survey and then they sent me a link to what was a 40 page uh, a journal of what they had That's found, <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? I'm just Keep happy it. with the fiver. It, you know? Yeah, I'm like... So if they listen to our podcast, what they would hopefully get to overhear is us having a bit of laugh about some true findings in a great scientific outlet. I think that's one of the things that we end up doing really well. I hope that you listeners remember that this is a sort of pilot launch. And we're going to put about 10 of them out there. There's going to be a series of, of episodes. And what we're hoping is you can hit us up on Twitter and maybe give us some feedback. If there's stuff you really liked or if there's stuff you didn't like at all, if there's things you want more of. We're in the period right now of trying to discover what lands with people. Yeah, so like, so Dan, you're at uh, Dan Cable One 
uh, that's your, that's your Twitter handle at Dan Cable One uh, and myself Akin Omobitan. I'm at Akin Omobitan. No need to worry about the spelling too much. I'm gonna pop that in the uh, in the description somewhere just to kind of go easier on on the listeners and and as well as you mentioning Dan, we are very much in the pilot phase uh, as well, which is very much where the fun happens. It's that's like right. it's it's like being a I don't I, I even want to throw up a bit in my mouth saying this, but being a creative. Like a lot of the fun is when you have an idea and you're a bit like, oh, it feels like there's something here. Let me play with it to see what I can kind of extract from it as well, which is is very similar to what happens with myself in, in comedy as well. I find there's like a very interesting... Um, uh, juxtaposition. Hopefully I'm using the right word. But when I read through some of these studies, so you'll, you'll ping me over in an email and I'll be like, thank you very much, Dan. And I'll open it and I'm like, excellent, 45 pages. Thank you very much, Dan, through gritted teeth. And I have to kind of sift through a lot of information to try to find key points. However, when I write comedy, it's completely different. I can't, I can't be on stage for 40 minutes telling one joke. I have to, in 40 minutes, people expect to get probably 80 jokes. So like in that discipline, I'm trying to condense information to as simple a form as possible so that someone who hears the line can hear it, understand it. And before they know what's happened, they're laughing already. So I'm I'm hoping that not even I'm hoping through through some of the episodes I've listened back to, which we're excited to put out, you definitely get the fun bounce between the two of us That's where right. we've both taken the time to read this through in depth. But what we're trying to pull out is the gems, hence squeezing the orange of social science. We're I'm, trying to pull out the good stuff. I'm trying to sit here for a moment and think about from your lens, your pair of glasses, the way you view the world and what you just described to condense things into humor these articles must seem just crazy in a way. Yeah. They make sense to me. They make sense to me, but at the same time, I'm like, come on. <laughs> like, point, come on. It's like, we, we all see it. Come on, let's get there. Let's get there. Come on. It's, um, it's, it's, really, it's really bizarre to me, the excessive use of words and language. And it reminds me of when I, because I really loved maths in school. Like, it was like one of my favorite subjects. But when I had tests in maths, one of the things that really annoyed me is that you had to always show you're working. It's like they wouldn't, they, it's like they didn't trust me. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, where's the trust, guys? I've got where's, genius. I, yeah, I've, you got, see yeah I've, got, I've got the answer. More important than having, the, I've got the answer. The answer is eight. Why do I need to explain to, to like someone who's been doing math for 40 years? You both, we all, everyone knows how I got to eight. Why do I now? And it's, the, the, the test is timed. I'm working on a time restriction here and I have to show all of my work. This is how I feel about some of these science. People want the eight. They want to know, yeah. you got eight. How did you get eight? This is how I got eight. But I have to kind of like show my... show my. So when I read some of these, I, I get a bit flared up, which you'll probably hear on future episodes as well. But that's when I do read through the... It's like, okay, I, I'm really... A lot of this is the working give me the answer, give me the gems. And because it's science, there's things that we're able to say, we're able to speculate on, we're able to share opinions on, which in these papers, they don't have that that liberty because it's 
they're respecting the science of it so much that it's not going to be filled with their opinions. Whereas, whereas we respect the science enough to read what they've done, but we also respect it enough slash enjoy it enough to then be able to bounce our opinions and, you know, our understandings and findings. So we're going to have a ball with this. And so listeners, give us some feedback, give us some comments, let us know what you think. And we hope that you love the episodes. <laughs>